Hi, welcome to another episode of the Bobblecast. Uh, it's me, Dave Witchley, joined by uh, Matt Keenan and also Lee Mitchell. Um, we're all missing the football daily, so much so that we're even watching the German football, like it's going on to fashion. Um, albeit it may be a bit of an inferior product, but we'll go on to that. Uh, welcome, lads. Um, and uh, it's just nice to be speaking football. It is, yeah. mate, yeah. Uh, I haven't been watching a German footy like you. I've, <laughs> I've been watching it. I've seen a few clips of it, like, but not uh, not the full games like yourself. Have you been catching any of it, Matt? Or? Bits of it, yeah. Um, I saw a little bit of the Schalke game, obviously, with the, the links with Kenny there. Uh, a little bit of the buying game. It's just weird, though. It, it is, I don't even know how, how else to describe it, but weird. Yeah, I think, the, you know, I think probably if I was looking for a way to describe it, I probably would call it weird. Um, it's certainly not football that we're used to. Um, and, you know, obviously the German game, what you associate with the German game is a particularly strong atmosphere in terms of the fan base. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's just not there. And without it... it it's, it's a bit of a tough watch, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like watching that, that pre-season tournament from a few years ago when we played Real Madrid. Yeah. 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 Sim- similar sort of, like, weird, flat atmosphere. Do you know what it is, mate, Matt? It's like, it's everything I expect, that we expected. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, you yeah, know, it's no, it's no surprise it was going to be like this. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I've, I've watched the, um, like, the highlights on YouTube, you know, the goals and stuff. And five minutes of it is enough for me. Yeah. I, I, I've kind of dipped my toes in and dipped my toes out um, just so I can give a, a, an unbiased opinion on it. Um, because albeit that everyone knows that I had a strong opinion about football starting up, again, without fans, I thought I, I can't have that opinion unless I'm prepared to give it a go and, you know, and to, to, to you know, assess it from a neutral point of view, which I've tried to do. Um I found I've forced myself to watch that first game, the Schalke Dortmund game. And my God, that was a derby as well. And it was weird to think that that was their local derby and the atmosphere just wasn't there. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with it, really. Uh, but I, I mean, one thing I've noticed is I, I don't know what you think it's all matter when you watch some of the, the full games, but the players don't look fit, do they? No. And that finely tuned, aren't they? I think a couple of weeks out is enough for to just completely throw them. So it is now like they've been off all summer and they're all coming back in again. There's no way they can be at peak physical fitness now after like nine weeks out. And, you know, Sancho, I think he hasn't started any of the last three games that he's been involved in. He's come on and obviously he was, you know, probably the two most on-form footballers in the whole of the planet was Sancho and Haaland. They couldn't stop the score and resisting goals. And yeah. the pair of them looked like they haven't kicked a ball in months. Um, now, now Sancho came on again, but you know, it wasn't the same player. I know, I know he got an assist uh, the other day as well, uh, but he came on the other day and he just doesn't look fit. And uh, Haaland, um, you know, that, 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 it was like Jelovic when he stands and he couldn't stop the scoring. Uh, but... Um, Harlan's he, he just he seems to be swinging at things. He's not quite catching his shots. He's yeah. all cumbersome. There was a highlight just before we, you know, the football stopped when uh, he won a header, went on the break, went up the other end and scores. And um, I don't know if you watched the buying game the other day, but it was a similar kind of thing. He won the header on the uh, the near post as he tends to do, defending. Then went to go rampage and forwards, miscontrolled it, and, and buying got back in possession. And he ended up just limping off in the end. He just wasn't right at all. The thing, the thing is, which right, you know yourself, like when we used to play football and that, like it's all right, like being fit. You know, you've done all like you're training at home or you're training and stuff. It playing playing football and playing matches, it's completely different. You, you can't yeah. have, you can't have. I mean, I'm what the has off now about six weeks or something, fat, fat, bit, bit longer. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you can't just go straight into into like football, into competitive matches, and expect to be match fit. It takes you, no. it takes you about two months pre season, doesn't it? And that's what it's like. They like, you know, they like the back of pre season. Them, like I say, you know yourself when you play football when we used to play in that, and 
it would take you even right through August to try and get match fit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know. I, I know uh, people were saying it was a as well. Um, it was a terrific game. <laughs> you know, there was, it, there was yeah, exactly. There were terrific players on the pitch, and it was better than much and not, I suppose. But you know, uh, you know, even much better games than that. You know, however, Kimmich's goal, I've got to admit, that was you know, it was in, you know, the execution on that chip was was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen that. Goal. Like, like I say, I've only been watching the highlights. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good goal. Keeper, I don't know if if he was match fit, maybe whether he, you know, if he's playing week in week out, would he have would he have saved that? But you were saying something before, which about the the targets of that because he's doesn't he come off his line quite a lot that keeper? Yeah, I was reading online, and I'm by no means a, you know a Bundesliga hipster as such. Um, well, I've just been picking up a bit of the traffic online and someone was saying he takes a couple of steps off his line occasionally and gets close out. Yeah. And the buying coaches, you know, were aware of that and, and had said, you know, if, it, if the chip's on, like, give it, a, give it a lash, like, as you might catch him out. But you still, sure you still it's best, like, like he, actually, he actually got an hand to it, didn't he? And, you know, maybe if he, if he was that little bit fitter, a bit sharper, he could have got back a little bit quicker. I don't know. Um. Yeah. You but can't beat a chip. away from Kimmich. It was a crack and effort, like. Yeah, you can't beat a chipped goal, can you? The other, like the, the uh, when whenever you see one, you just think, you know, hats off. But you know, obviously Rooney was a bit of a specialist at them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Georgie Hadji looking back a few years back, you know, he was always good at catching the uh, the keepers out. And uh, obviously, we've been watching the Harry's Heroes ahead, uh, but uh, who was it who caught Seaman off his line all them years ago? Naeem. Nah, I'm Ronaldinho. I'm Ronaldinho, yeah. He's been close a few times, him. I'm Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, the, it, these keepers sometimes, the, you know, the, if the coaches get onto it, you know, you can catch them out, can't you? So, um, you know, I think someone noted a while ago that Joe Hart had a flaw in his game. In fact, Dean Henderson is rumoured to struggle with low down shots. Drilled shots. Obviously, there was a Manny one that he pushed in, but there was also Hadji Junior uh, done him over for England with the exact same goal where he pushed it in, into his own net. As good as keeper Henderson is, uh, but um, watch this space. But apparently, he does struggle with them particular types of shots. Mm. Uh, but moving on slightly, um, right? I think we've got a we've got to a point where we all know that football's going to come back unless something drastic happens. And let's cross our fingers that you know no one has to lose their lives because it would be horrible to think that, that you know that happens as a result of you, know, you fellas kicking the ball around. But right, if we accept that it's coming back, we've got to then look at it. You know, I was watching Toffee TV and Baz was talking about it the other day with uh, John Blaine. You've got to accept then, right? It becomes a TV product. Yeah. Um, so we've seen a few mad things going on in the Bundesliga. Does anyone want to open us up with what you've seen with them trying to replace fans? <laughs> I, I know what I'm going to say. Um, the sex dolls. <laughs> what the fuck is that? In fact, no, that was over in China, wasn't it? Sorry. Um, yeah, no. I'm not. Yeah. They'll probably get it there. Get it in Germany, and eventually, probably I'll have a sex doll sitting in my seat in the paddock. But um, <laughs> I just love. I love to see what it looks like. To- um, now we've seen this I know and what was the other thing in, we were talking about before which in Spain you got like the pre-recorded crowd cheers and stuff like that yeah so I mean some, some of the options talking about is the old CGI and they're pumping the, the crowd music in like they do at Anfield and City yeah so, to give them more of an atmosphere basically I mean all I this effort think- just to you know I don't know it's, it's odd isn't it I don't think that's going to come across right on on telly. Pumped in crowd noise, it's just not going to. It'll sound layered over, and it just you might as well not bother. Mm. Well, we kind of had a bit of a pre-discussion before. Obviously, as we know now, you can meet up with people outside your own household and have a kind of walk out. So, uh, me and you met up before, Mitch, and we had a a bit of a walk out, which you know, I'd say to people. It's hard at the moment, uh, and it's important that you look after your mental well-being. Yeah. So going out, you know, if you ex- exploit what you can do, don't take the piss like they are, in, you know, in some places on beaches with hundreds of people. But 
meeting up with one of your friends and, and going for a socially distanced walk, you know, it's healthy. Uh, but on that walk, we were discussing a range of things. Obviously, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, they've done the uh, the old cardboard course out, but I reckon that'd be an awful idea as well. You can imagine the copites jumping onto that, couldn't you? Yeah. They'd be putting all kinds of, like, weird oh, that, pictures of people. They'd have, have, they'd have scarves on them and everything, on the cardboard cutouts and flags, fucking everything, <laughs> wouldn't he? Honest to God, can you imagine that in the cop? I mean, you'd like to think that, you know... It, they wouldn't bother with sabotaging Everton doing that. But we all know that, you know, that they go out the way to, to spend God knows how much to try and, like, buy loads of them up in the Everton. Oh, there'd be loads of Lonsdale shoes and Everton just, like, sent down to one there. Like, cardboard cutouts wearing Lonsdale and Wales tops or something like that. That's the sort of thing so, you do. <laughs> the thing is, their cardboard cutouts would probably have them orange flares that they throw. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's the most straight off the bat, isn't it? That we can't. If they do that, they'd have to try and do the. Um, you can only do it if you've got a season six. Yeah. Because they don't need to fill the old ground. They only need to fill the bit where the cameras point. So yeah, where yeah. the cameras are good, and they're looking down from the Bullen uh, Bullen Road, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. You fill a lower tier of where most of the season tickets are. So you just say, if you're the season ticket holder, send your photo in. We'll put it. And um, a cardboard cut out of you on your seat, and there's probably be a lot yeah. more atmosphere than there usually is in the main stand. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you were to do that, then that, you'd have to do it that way. West Ham have, have apparently looking to do a virtual crowd with their Zoom. I reckon that'll be a fucking yeah, that would be West Ham as well. <laughs> don't they, hey, don't like they do that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to blow the bubbles? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Zoom bubbles. <laughs> so, so uh, you can't even, uh, you can't even. Uh, I, I mentioned it to uh, Jazz, the fans forum chair, the other day because we've been having a little bit of a look at it. And I know that it's an issue that we're certainly keen on looking into, and, and Jazz has um, started to look into it already with the club. But, um, as he pointed out, you can't, you can't even you, you can't even get Wi-Fi to check your bets at half time, can you? No, never mind. No, you get, get like you know, two thousand Zoom screens or like tapped in ready to to go live on that. So I think that's a no as well. The thing is, mate. Um, the, the thing is, they, they, they're going ahead with it, whether we like it or not, and they're, they're replacing us, aren't they? Basically, with either empty seats or cardboard cutouts or fucking sex dolls, whatever they're coming up with. You know, so <laughs> at the end of the day, we whether we like it or not, they're gonna they're, they're gonna go ahead with it, aren't they? And yeah. um, you know, the, the sex stuff probably have a more interesting podcast than we do. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see heavy levers sex stuff. See what that looks like. <laughs> um, but the thing, the other thing, no, the, the other thing that got me, mate, was um. So I said to you before, didn't I? About um, you know the t- uh, talk sport mentioning like the avatars and the matches, and yeah. the avatars that didn't he of like five five matches back to back Saturday Sunday, one at twelve, one at two, one at four, one at six, one at eight. Unbelievable. Now, do you, do you honestly want to watch five matches in one day behind closed doors? It'll be hard enough watching one. Never, never fucking five. I mean, I'm fine that I was watching five minute clips. Um, I, the way I just thought, are you kidding me? Like five matches behind closed doors, basically five trainer matches. That's what it is, five friendlies. And um, I don't think anybody wants I've to see people, that, do they? No, I've heard people say as well, oh, it's not a trainer match. It fucking is. <laughs> yeah, anyone that knows football knows the atmosphere change and how atmosphere affects. And Blues certainly should know the difference the atmosphere makes to a game. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, it, it works for all, you know, Liverpool works and, you know, when they attack the cop, you know, the, the, every team has, has the, the, um, the end, don't they, where they like attacking, where the, the fans pull them through. They can be the 12th man at times. Yeah. And it's playing, and it, it is, it, it's, I don't know, man, I just still can't get my head around it. Well, just, just ask these questions. Are the players fully fit? No. 
is there any atmosphere? Is the atmosphere affecting the game? No. That's a pre-season friendly. <laughs> it is. Exactly. It is. So, I, 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 and all this, it, preserving the integrity of the game. Um, none of the home teams are winning because there's no atmosphere. So, all the results are all thrown up in the air. But anyway. the thing is, as well, which is the teams that could get relegated. You know, yeah. where, where you could have your home, the home advantage, where you could just sneak a 1-0 win where the crowd has been the 12th man. You know, they haven't got that advantage. We've all seen it at Goodison, haven't we, that last 10 minutes and we're bombarding teams and, you know, go out the street are like baying for blood. Um, and it's inevitable that we're going to score. You know what I mean? So, and, and almost it does. The Gladys Street sucks the ball in, doesn't it? And you're just not going to get any of that. It's just going to be 10 minutes. They'll just see the game out and there won't be that. That you know, blood in your mouth atmosphere going on. Now, the two things I want to suggest to you is right, and I said this to you, Rich, before. Right, I don't think that it's worth messing around trying to see dry the fans in or cardboard cutouts. And it's not really. It, I, I mean, I might be corrected, but I don't think Evertonians would buy into any of that. No. Um, so the, the the thing becomes then you've then got a load of empty seats. What do you do with them? Now, the two ideas that I've kind of come on, I'll bring both of them up and see what you both lads think of both of them, is first of all, could you have the Gladys Street filled with all the great battles that we've had? So you can have, you know, obviously, the uh, Gladys Street 38, 1938, you've done the banners. You've obviously done the, the very good hand-painted Moise Keane banner for our campaign. Um, you know, the, the famous number nines, all them great banners they've done over the years. Could they have like a bit of an Art Deco thing behind the goal? Covering all the seats with these great bands of Everton's history. Um, so that's one idea. And then you could use the other space for, like, I don't know, something meaningful, like putting things about mental health up or, you know, that kind of stuff. All these really powerful messages around the grounds. Or there's a lot to talk about finance at the moment. So let's let's be honest. Normally, um, these companies, when I advertise on these little strip banners, you can actually sell the whole stands to a company to advertise a huge, humongous yeah. uh, message that, that's going to be beamed around the world. So you can actually, you know, why, why try and replace the fans? Let's just make some money out of it. Because it, 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 let's face it, we're only restarting it because of the money, not the fans. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%, mate. I, I agree. I, I like the idea of the um, and the flags around the ground. I think that would be good. I, um, I'd like to see that, to be honest. Um, I'd rather see that than cardboard cutouts, in all honesty. Um, yeah, it's not us. No, no. I'm, like, we've had some cracking bands this season, that, um, like the, the, the Carlo Ancelotti one as well. Uh, the Everton, like in the Beatles style and stuff. And I think that spread around. I'd rather see, you know, if you're going to play behind closed doors, well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice to have in the you've got enough space to do you've got enough space to do both you know you could you could have the flags and you could advertise your companies whatever you, you know you were saying there what are your thoughts Matt? I, I agree yeah I think that the um, the flags and the balance is a great idea I really like that idea because to be honest are you trying to kid by replacing the crowd everyone knows the crowd isn't there so what's the point you know, you see right through it. It's like having canned laughter on a comedy. It's just it adds nothing. So you might as well. The advertising thing is good as well because at a time when, you know, um, Usmanov pro- presumably wants to sponsor everything, you know, you can splash all the sponsors around and then put all the flags at the other end. But I reckon that's the best idea I've heard. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rich, could you imagine Rachel? Could you imagine Rachel putting all them uh, flags up though? The banners. I'm I'm all right at the idea or two, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, do you know what mate? I, I think that's a good idea then. So um, you could that you could have I'll be honest, I would put them behind the goals at the banners. Um I'd put them like the park ends and the Gladys Street and then you could advertise, because obviously the, the telly's looking at the main stands and that. You could have the advertisement there. But then when they're attacking, you know, the... Um, but would you have to put away fans' banners up behind one goal? Nah. Just nah, we'll <laughs> 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 we can put it in the away end, couldn't we? You could put a little flag up for them in the away end. 
so we're, we're in agreement. Fuck trying to recreate fans because it, this is not about fans. It's about the money. Um, so, you know, don't bother trying any of that nonsense. Let's just do our own thing as we always well, do. Basically, don't, don't, don't replace me with a cardboard cutout or a fucking sex doll. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day. I'd rather you replace me with I a decent thing. <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, so um, it does, if anything that we've learned from the German football at the moment, which we've got to because we've got the benefits of watching what's working and what's not over there. Not a lot's working in our opinion, but so, you know, we can't fight the wave, can we? So, um, obviously, we've we've made our objections and very strongly and we still feel that way. Uh, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, we've got to be overruled, aren't we? So, yeah. But, uh, just moving on from that, um, obviously, a lot of people have got uh, got told uh, pick pick a Bundesliga side. So obviously, a lot of Evertonians decided to go with uh, Schalke, um, which uh, I can see why we've gone with Schalke because they bottled big games and bottled derbies. They were blue, shite, aren't yeah. they? blue and blue kits. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, thingy, um, I could never stand that Wagner. I could never stomach him when he was at Huddersfield because I used to always feel like he rolled over for club Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, um, so, but he, he done that stupid thing, didn't he? What we've seen when uh, Silver tries it against Liverpool, they're playing a back three against a front three when you're against a, a better side as well. Probably the best front better. three in the world at the moment and you're playing a back three against them. Yeah. I mean, not even the lads that they, I mean, Sancho didn't even start that game, but the you know the lads they brought in there as well are just as good. Um, it was it was basically suicide. I know, obviously, Pochettino tried it against them last year as well, didn't he? And it just doesn't work. This playing a back three unless you're in other sides with like the best players in the world. Um, I've never liked back three, mate. No. You've you've got to have you've you've literally got to have an elite side with likes of Messi and all them knocking around, haven't you? If you're going to play, yeah, yeah, very Leaves you too open in the fullback positions. And the the only other time maybe is if you're playing one of the bottom sides and they're going out with one man up front, like your Shane Longs, who's just looking to disrupt you. You know, you and you can commit players high. Because you know you're not going to be pressure. That would be the only other time that I'd like to see it. And more often than not, I'd like us to adapt into that formation rather than start with yeah. it. I think I always think um, when you play a back three, the defence getting each other's way. Yeah, because yeah. you're playing three centers. So you're playing three centers, and sort of always getting each other's way. And I mean, I always remember uh, Allardyce playing playing a back five at Arsenal and conceding five. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you you play a back five to keep, like you know to to shut them out, and he he can see the five somehow. Saying that, Mitch, you've played you played with me as a back three as a sweeper. Yeah, but that was so, just uh, you, that was just because you couldn't get out with the uh, with the other four that quick quick enough. Do you know what I mean? It took <laughs> you that long. That's why you were that's why you were a sweeper. <laughs> I, I remember we went something like seven or eight games without conceding ah, a goal. They, they, listen, in the back you know, you know what I think of you that season. You, you were quality mate player of the season. Only because I had a decent winger that could win yeah. games for us anyway. Well, Rather than bugging ourselves up anyway, yeah. um, John Joe Kenny's been getting a lot, a lot of bloody black as well, hasn't he? Why? Just like he gets. Yeah, him. he's not even playing for us, and he's still getting a stick. <laughs> it, it's nuts. It, honestly, God, mate, that you know, we we bitch and moan about bringing these young lads through, and when we do, and when he, you know, especially good young scouts lads as well, that that love everything. And he, and he, why is he getting stiff now? What's he done now? Has he, has he fucking, have he conceded the goal that comes down his side or something? Because it happens. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first game, obviously, he was playing in a back three against a you know a superior front three. Uh, well, he was playing sorry, as a wing back, and there was just space all around the fields. And obviously, being part of that, he struggled to get into the game. Um, and then the next game, I think someone mentioned that um, he may have been at fault for the second game. I've seen Pat Paddy Boylan from the Athletics sticking up mm. for him. 
But if it feels very much uh, uh, Everton-esque that we're looking for, you know, to vent our frustrations at, at anyone that we can. And John Joe Kenny's in the air. Uh, do you know, do you know what makes it's, it's, They do it with, with all of them, don't they? I mean, it's not necessarily us. It's it's the ones online, isn't it, that, that yeah. probably never play football in their lives. I mean, they're probably the same age as Kenny and they're, they're sitting there on the, the laptops and they're probably, you know, tweeting out saying how shitty he is while well, basically, he's playing in the Bundesliga. He's played in the Prem. I think he's a decent player, Kenny. I think he's a he's a real real good player, solid player. I just can't believe the shit he gets. I, I think it's weird. I think the thing is, we all know that John Joe Kenny's not the best right back in the world, but he's young. He's got he's certainly got some qualities. He's not really bad in any of the areas, other than the fact that. Maybe obviously his, his his natural definition in terms of his build, his height, he's not very good in the air that way. Uh, but he's strong in the tackle. He's passionate. Now I'm not to, not to say that you know so is Dennis Stekwalezi, someone a level at that. But he's certainly got potential to be an okay level Premier League player. Now I don't think any anyone I've heard anyone thinking that he's going to. be... He's not. Like, but but neither was Tony. He might, I mean, but Tony, you get you get 30, 40 games out of him a season. He was just a solid right back. I mean, we're not going to get fucking Cafu like the like the next Cafu all the time, are we? You know, we we've had a fella on loan who, who was a yeah. World Cup winner, and he moaned about that as well. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the problem is as well. It's you know, we're we're only going to have so much money in the transfer window, and you know, is Sadibay the complete product? Probably not. So we might be in a position where Kenny is an option for us. And is there any point in trashing the lad every week? We might as well just accept. Obviously, Leicester won a league with Danny Simpson at yeah. right back. Yeah. Danny Simpson. Um, but what I'm saying to you is not every single player in the first 11 always has to be world elite level. You can get away with having a few journeymen around the team that just do a, a basic job. How many, how many world class right backs do you, like, can you think off the top of your head? Because I'll be honest, I'm struggling to think of one. A world class right back. I know there's decent right backs and good right backs, but an absolute world class right back. Here you go. He's the best in the world. Then. I mean, even if you were to look at Trent, he gets pulled out, doesn't he? High up the field. And even Red Bull fans, seen... even Liverpool fans, who go to the game, will tell you he's great going forwards, but but tracking back, he's not. But he's good. he's fucking lucky that he's got a, a you know Jurgen Klopp is the manager and he's got like the players in front of him. So yeah, you know he's he's lucky in, in a way that he's got them players in. Unfortunately, we haven't at the minute. You know we've got a couple of decent players, but you know, so he gets away with it in my opinion with a lot. You know they could they could get beat, uh, they could win five one right, and it, he'd be a fault for the, the goal. But because they've hit five, nobody mentions it. Yeah, because uh, he probably assisted four. Yeah, as well. do you know what? I'm, so he get he does get away. You know he gets away with it. So I'm not buying into like he's he's great. I mean, nah. <laughs> he he's a he's a talented footballer, isn't he? But he, he what he isn't is is, is a, a world elite, well rounded right back. Um, but you know you 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 look you look at right backs over the years. You've had plenty of them, and and Juan Pesaka, To be fair, Juan Pesaka is exceptional in, in terms of. Um, uh, tackling and his defensive attributes, and he, you know, he's really fast and he's athletic. But then he struggles when he gets up to the higher third of the pitch. And when when uh, England were last in the World Cup um, with the was it on twenty threes on twenty ones, I get mm. mixed up in the head now. Um, he, he lost his place to John Joe Kenny simply because Kenny was better in the final third, and England were getting high up the fields. Um, so. I, I just don't, I, I just don't think it's the worst thing in the world if we get John Joe Kenny as a backup because we might need to spend that money elsewhere and if we do we need to just support him and, and not be on his piece and we're not saying ignore the fact that he's not well, a well beater no one's saying he's a well beater but we might need to support him yeah um, and if he does if he does come back and he you know his first match back and he and the the first time he gives it away don't be getting on his back going fucking hell he shite him. Because there seems to only be two type of players in the world at the minute that are either fucking shite or boss. 
there's no like there's no yeah. in between is there at the minute like just supporting do you know what I mean he's, he's I remember you know, when he was playing that he was always the last one off the pitch clapping the Gladys Street you know he's a good young lad local lad and I just can't believe the stick he gets it's ridiculous honestly and if anything, if you look back 12 months ago, if everyone was to look at, I know, you know, we all say, well, the stats are all okay, but they're not anything special. But if you were to look 12 months ago at, at Mason Holgate stats, or if you were to look 12 months ago at DCL stats, and I know we were probably guilty of this as well with Mason Holgate, but their stats wouldn't have been that good for the positions they were playing 12 months ago. And so the players can get better. Wait, sorry, Mark, one. At the last round, I'm prepared to give give Kenny a bit more time because I was guilty more than anyone of absolutely slating Mason Holgate and Dominic Calvert Lewin. And now I, I can admit I was wrong. But like you've got to look at where uh, Kenny's playing. He was in a team that was up and down when he was at us. Now he's gone over to play in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's normal a- the way they're playing. The, the whole atmosphere about about the games changed. You can't really judge him. Yeah, that's a great. It's a great point, Matt. Like when he come into the team, I mean, I, I, he played under what three managers? Because there was Unsworth, there was Cumin, yeah. there was uh, Allardyce. But like, as much as I love, I love Seamus Coleman. Don't get me wrong; he's been a fantastic servant for us. But Col- Coleman's another one where he makes a mistake, and the fans turn turn the other way and don't look at it, and they don't say nothing, right? And and, and when you know what I mean, like. Coleman's, I'll be honest, he's been at fault for a lot of goals over the years, you know, silly penalties and stuff like that. But it, it, he's been a fantastic, fantastic player, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, it, it's like it's like two different, you know, standards, isn't it? It's like, well, when Coleman makes a mistake, everybody doesn't say nothing. And then when Kenny does it, they can't wait to jump on yeah. it. And, and which, I think, remember the last, one of the last games you went to before this lockdown? And I think it was, Remember what I'm going to yeah. say now, and I think it was Davis gave a ball away, uh, and Gomez gave a ball away, and when Gomez gave it away, everyone was like, "Oh, unlucky, unlucky lads, go again." And when Davis did it, it was like, "Shite him, fucking shite." Do you remember? Uh, you got you, the same old suspects where it was like, "I told yeah, you, yeah. he's not good." You know what I mean? It's like certain players get, you know, get the, the kind of steady easy targets. The easy targets. Target. Target. You know, used to get it. Osman, I yeah. was going to say that's the Osman. Yeah, the, it's the easy target. And, and in, interestingly, Gareth Farley was on a podcast uh, with the fans forum the other day, and he was saying that it got to one stage in a, in a football game where he didn't even want the ball passed to him because it got the contact. Um, so you know, it, it obviously does affect players. You know, I think it, Goodison's a very unforgiving place, and it, it is what makes us. You know, as what we are, and, and I'm also saying that we're perfect because we have got on players' backs in the past and continue to, and we would have on this podcast. But I think sometimes we, we, we've all got to, us included, step back. And when they're wearing blue, we need to get just back who's wearing the shirt that day. Um, you know, we can we can pick the bones of it after the game, but you know, the, the kinds of tagging people in yeah. and giving them abuse is not shouldn't be yeah. us. And the kind of doing them on the pitch when they're on the pitch representing Everton, maybe you know. Maybe we could do less of that and, and more support. Obviously, it'd be interesting to see. Actually, you know, if, if any of the players get better w- without yeah. the pressure, Davis well, for one. Well, that's you know, yeah, yeah. That's that's the yeah. other side of the coin, isn't it? Um, okay. And you, you've got to wonder if Gilfie Sigurdsson's been feeling it. He probably well. has. He, he probably yeah. has. You know, he was another one. He was starting to to um, feel the pressure. I think. Um, but yeah, you know, just go out. Listen. They go out there and express themselves. That it, like I say, for me, it's like a saying a match. You know, uh, at the end of the day, there's not, there's not really for us to play for, is there? You know, so the the, 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 the pressure is off. Just go and enjoy your football, and you'll probably see him in a bar free up in thirty yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it'd be interesting, won't it? You know, on the flip side, to see if, if we do see all of a sudden a player playing really well without the, the crowd pressure. Um, but uh, moving on from that, and, and this is probably g- going to factor into what we're going to say next about what centre-half we, we should sign. It, you know, everyone kind of knows that we're in the market for a centre-half. 
Um, because me and you have talked about it first, Mitch, I'll go to Matt first on it. But we've got three that we're linked with. First of all, to, to Devo, who's obviously the Schalke centre-half, who, who, who probably best described as quite young, you know, still still a need, you know, a bit, a bit of a, you know, he still needs to progress as a player. Gabriel, who seems to be like the, you know, the elite left-sided centre-half, who stacks stack up to to everything, but it seems to have hit a bit of a rocky time in terms of we're trying to renegotiate the deal because of what's going on. And all of a sudden, Thiago Silva's back in the picture. Yeah. Obviously, probably to say one of the best centre-halves of the last decade or so, but is certainly getting on in years. Now, just before I pass that over to you, I did notice John Blaine talking on Toffee TV saying that the people who got the contracts this year are in a good place because they got a nice five-year contract on the old terms, you know, before all this stuff happens. But finances and football now are obviously going to be a real yeah. issue. So, like Thiago Silva, who's been used to £200,000 and is now free agents, is unlikely to get that. Um, you know, obviously, we're trying to renegotiate the Gabriel deal, which is which is why it's got to where it is. And it looks like Devo's an option. Who would you go for, Matt, out of them three? If, if they well, the, the, I think because the money thing's so up in the air at the moment, I don't really know enough about that side of it to, to judge it on that. So I'd say, because we seem to have missed Jaggy Oka quite a lot, I'd go for the older head and get Thiago Silva. Because we've got the young, sort of, mobile players like um, Mina and Holgate and that. So I think we've looked a bit lost at the back this season and we could do with someone who's been there and done it, who's got a bit about them, who can just marshal it a little bit more. So although I would like the younger, like, um, future star to sign, I think we should probably go play sensible and go and get silver for the season because that could be the difference. That could be the, what gets silver the line into Europe. In of course, twelve months time, football should you know could start repairing itself financially. And by the, by the way, Matt, I, I totally there, agree with you. I totally agree. Over to you, Lee. Go on, you give your thoughts. I agree three. with Matt. Everything he said there. Um, I mean, you're going to spend what thirty million on Gabriel. Uh, I don't know what's the deal. Is about twenty mil, something like that. Uh, for me, you've, yeah, you've got two young lads there. You've got uh, Holgate and Mina, who are similar age anyway. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with Matt. I think we probably we could have done with Jags just staying another season, just being in a dressing room, just being there if we need him. Uh, that old as I just think that this Thiago Silva, he's that good, he's quality. Um, uh, all right, like, I don't know what he demands a week, but. I just, I just think, I just think it would be, a, it's a no-brainer for a season at least, even two, because he, what is he, thirty-five? I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he still yeah. looks the same as when he first broke through. He still looks like fifth. Still looks like. So I think he could. Um, I, I'd, I'd go for that. Me personally, I'd rather see him come in. I mean, Ancelotti's worked for him, hasn't he? At PSG. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I I'd go for that. Um, I'd keep them two in mind definitely, but it it's got to be right. It's got to be the right deal for Everton at the end of the day. Was was it AC Milan or PSG? Where I couldn't. Was it AC Milan? I know he's definitely. I don't know, obviously, because he's a, he's a big fan, isn't he? But um, I, I, I listen. The certain players. I mean, the other one as well that we were talking about was Chiellini. Isn't he going on a free as well? But, but again, again, yes, listen, yeah, I don't yeah. know the ins and outs and the, the finances and stuff like that. I mean, there'll be, there'll be a load of people that'll tell me why the deal can't happen and stuff like that. But from the outside, I mean, I just look at it and think one of them two would just, just for a season or even two, 18 months just to help us out. Why not? Is there an issue with Keelini and Moise Keane now? I'm making that up or was that all sorted out? Um, no, you're. Are you thinking of the club oh, captain of yeah. uh, Juventus? Didn't back. It wasn't really. He actually wasn't the club captain. Um, it was a Benucci or someone like that. I think it may have been um, at the time, and it was also uh, the manager at the time. Um, I don't think Kate. Well, none of his none of his teammates really backed him. To be fair, um, so I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't discount the fact that he may have an issue with Kane. Yeah, but you know what? Like the, the thing is, yeah. is he doesn't give a shit. That he's just he's a winner. That Kaylini, he's a winner. Yeah, you know what? I, people are going to probably be effing and blind. Okay, it's our right. opinion, isn't but, it? <laughs> I, I, I do get the logic. Obviously, you know, you need mentally tough characters in your team. And I don't think we're mentally tough. I know we tried to buy Delph as being a leader. And I don't think it's worked out anywhere near what we, we wanted. I forgot we had him. Uh, and I, I think that the Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, but he's not a leader. He can't. He's he, he's vocal, but I don't think people really. I don't think he's massively imposing. But I, I, you know, Mina and Holgate are both young, impressionable centre halves who've got a lot of uh, ability to be good centre halves. And, and the one thing that they haven't got next to them is someone with a bit of experience. Mick Keane's not really doing it for me. Um, and I know that he's had his mental health battles, so you know I am precautious on that. Maybe that has had a big factor in how he's played. And Goodison is a really unforgiving place, so you know we've got to factor all that in. And I, I do think we need to do more work on trying to help Michael Keane. Maybe we might see a different player after that. If we were to look at all of them, I, I just think it's to, to Debo. You know why? You've got to ask yourself why are we bringing a centre half in. So at the moment, me and Holgate finished the season quite well. Uh, well, finished the last few games quite well, but you were a bit inexperienced. The value wasn't quite there. Um, so for me, bringing in a very young centre, can I, can I lash a name at you? Right, fella, that you're a big fan of, and he's at, you had a great season out on loan. Is Lewis Gibson? Now, saying, yeah. is, is there any point in splashing out yeah. on one of them two while he's there, while he's had a decent season and? You know, I know you're a big fan of him as well. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and I think um, Marcel Brands was quoted saying that what he doesn't want to do is, is buy players yeah. to block the academy players off. Now, our academy players, some of them just haven't cut the mustard. You know, we've seen, yeah, obviously, yeah. Feeney is obviously, who's a top blue, boss, boss fella. He's obviously having to, to move, move elsewhere. Now, Pennington will be the same. But Lewis Gibson, by all accounts, looks like a player that could be an, an Everton player. Um, so he'll probably have to go back out on loan to learn his trade again next so, season, maybe to so championship that, that, that backs our uh, argument, mate, so of could you not just sign a, a Thiago Silva for the season? Give Gibson a season out and then bring him back the season after? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, it's, a, it's a perfectly good argument, Mitch, and... Um, I, and I think we all want Gabriel. Gabriel is obviously the prime piece of stake here in, in the discussion. But the problem is, is money. But, you know, obviously we've got to have yeah. more to think about as well. You know, it, you know, if you do think the fellas, the, 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 the ultimate player, then buy him. But then you're going to have to scrimp and save elsewhere because we also probably need a right midfielder or a striker, which whichever way you go with that. Um, we also probably need a centre mid. I mean, you know, the money all of a sudden is a big issue for Everton. And we're not, you know, I think we're 20 million down. I think we mentioned the other day. And obviously, we need that kind of money to get Bram, to Bramley Moore to where it, where, it, where it needs to be. So, Thiago Silva, if the wages are right, because they, they're going to be, because no one's going to be offering them £200,000 like they would have six months ago, maybe we could get a good deal for for, for all parties. The thing there, is, as well, mate, he, like he, in Europe, he sort of won everything, hasn't he, as well? He's, you know, and it'd be he's no, no what I'm saying what I'm saying mate is that he, he's he's won the World Cup hasn't he he's he's, he's won the Champions League yeah. he's won um, the French League and he's won the, the Spanish League I think uh, the Italian League as well sorry Italian League um, now it's just his last two that isn't it have a little go in the Prem well I mean, you get people saying he's not fast enough again, but whatever. If playing next to Holgate, we'll have the but, pace to block it. How do uh, people know that? Silver, how do you say he's not fast enough when he's never played there? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're guessing. I'm just, I'm, I, you know what I'm like? 
Yeah. I, I kind of predict what people are going to say. But Thiago Silva's not just any old 35-year-old centre-half. You know, you looked at Ibrahimovic yeah. when he comes to the Premier League. Ibrahimovic a mountain of a man and he still could do it in the Premier League and he's now gone back exactly. to AC Milan albeit that he picked up the injury um, there's very few people that can do it at that age and this is a man that, that has been an elite defender so much so that PSG were willing to take take into his demand to buy another a Brazilian centre-half because he said I just want to play next to a Brazilian centre-half so they brought Marquinhos in uh, Marquinhos and they also brought David Luiz in you, just because they wanted Thiago Silva could you imagine how horrible him Silva and Mina playing together would be for forwards for strikers these absolutely like yeah. they'd be horrible to play against seriously and Mina would be a better player you know, for it as well. He had learned so much from him just in a season. I mean, look, I mean, look at um, look at Zuma when he he just played for one season, and the effect he had. It's a shame that we couldn't we couldn't assign him. But I mean, I know that's a bit of a different scenario because he's he's a lot younger. But I I just think for me that it's a no brainer. I, I just think if it if it works financially for Everton, you're not paying a fee. If you can get the wages down for a season, why not? And and it gives it gives other players a season to develop as well. I mean, Holgate could could even take a back seat next season and, and learn from him for the season. He's an elite centre half, isn't he? The, the big issues is wages and the contract. But if that's right, then I, yeah. I, I just don't see any arguments I I, against I, it. I agree. I agree. I I'll be honest with you. What about the um, the thing that we haven't, we haven't mentioned, the Hummel deal? What? Yeah, God, yeah, the Hummel deal, yeah. So, I'm made what, 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 Matt, what, what do you think, mate? I like them. I, I like it. I mean, when, I'll be honest, when I first heard, my first initial reaction was, oh, I wanted a big name, but we had Mike, and to be honest, I think we were crap. So... The Hummer ones, they to, it's something a bit different. I, I actually like the kits that I've seen that they've done for other people and they're interacting with, with people as well. So they seem to like, you know, as long as we're out of that yeah. kit bag deal, anyone could make the kits. I don't care who makes them as long as we're out of that. And you can actually go to the shop in Liverpool or like, you know, somewhere local and see the kit and then up rather than you can buy more Man United and Chelsea shirts in Liverpool. Than exactly, mate. Do, do you know what I like about it, right? Is that. We're the only um, Premier League club that they've got, and yeah. we're like basically, basically the biggest name for them. Um, and I'm looking for. I'll be like, Matt, you'll uh, you'll understand this, but like the kids' kits for Umbro, which for me were crap. Like, like yeah, all the poles yeah, like, the socks were ridiculous. It was like the the socks were like. Was they would have fitted me, and um, yeah. it, it's just uh, I, I never, I never, I never liked them. Like I used to buy, uh, like me that allowed them, and it like the top fit the sand, the shorts fit the sand, and the socks fit just crap. But never like any in between. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just hoping now that they go like well, three to four, uh, four to five, five to six. You know what I mean? Two to three, and then it, it jumped to like five to six. It was. It wasn't very good, um, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Like you know, like just like the t-shirts as well. That that weird way for the match and like you know, the tacky tops and stuff. Yeah, something a bit different because Umbro's got a bit tired now, isn't it? I, I did like. I think Umbro, it was a nice really. thing that wasn't it. But yeah, it's gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting identical. Kits or templates that everyone's got. Like they, they tried to make out that that kit we had this season had the Archibald Leach like um, marks on it, and then you see Shelton got the yeah. same kit. Or like Burn, was it Burnley? No, not Burnley. Um, yeah, Bournemouth. They go the kits the same as ours with the same and, and, and so Exactly, mate. I remember at the time when 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 they brought the home kit out, and like I say, well, it doesn't stand out. It doesn't actually stand out. I mean, if you you wouldn't even know it was there, really. Would you? 
Um, no, not really. But we do seem to Everton do seem to be getting things right now. I must admit, I, I think this Hummels deal. I'll be honest, I, I'm made up with it. And it's like I always think when he when when they change the kit kit suppliers, it's like the end of an era but a start of a new era. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like yeah. remember when we had Puma? Remember when we had Nike? Remember when we had Umbro? Now it's like we've got. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, mate. I really am. I'm I'm excited by it to be honest. Yeah, it's like I like you say, starting new era, new new shirt sponsors. You no, know, still got the new manager because you no, know, he hasn't really had time to bed in since mm-hmm. all this has kicked off. So we've got a new manager, new stadium coming, new kits, new sponsors. Everything's new. You can just forget about everything's gone before. Yeah, very much so, mate. Very much so. Uh, of course, we're not going to dip into the financial side. We'll leave them. We'll leave that to the the old experts on that. But it it suffice to say, it's more than we were getting from Umbro. So it's going forwards. Um, what would you like to see colour wise? What what are obviously not given get given anything away as such. Um, but what, what would you like to see colour wise? Obviously, Hummel posted the other day with Everton Designs saying that. Um, Hinting that we were going to get an amber kit, basically, but it's a bit of a traditional colour, that isn't it? For Everton, the amber kit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want too much white on the home kit. I'm desperate for the salmon and blue away kit to come back. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but the stripes though, not like we had it when we had Gaza, and it was all salmon with navy sleeves. I didn't like that. Yeah. It needs to be salmon yeah. and blue stripes. <laughs> And and the white one, my favourite Everton kiss of all time, the white there is one with the thin blue stripes on it. I wouldn't mind one of them as yeah, well. That was a nice one, that actually wasn't it? You see that pop up occasionally. Yeah, it's lovely. What, what yeah. would your what would you be your preference, Mitch, for the uh, the away colours? Uh, I, I know the traditional one is the amber, but I don't know, mate. I, I sort of like the black ones, you know. No, like the um, uh, like the sort of black and I don't know, black and silver. Um, I remember the one to one one. Uh, that was good, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, we we've had some good ones. We've had some shockers. I, I'll tell you what. What kit I I loved and I've got it here was the the green one when Kone scored. Uh, I knew you were going to say so, sorry when he yeah when Lukaku scored yeah yeah the green and. And that was just something different, something different. And I, and I think if they could do something with green, yeah. you know, there's not many green kits in the league, is there? I can't, I can't think of the top of my head. No. Um, yeah. You know, just something, like, like something be... a little bit different. I, I, I wouldn't want a pink one. I, I, I like that. I, it seems just a bit too bold for me when we had the pink, the the bright pink one, yeah. and the, obviously we had the. We had the black one with the pit, you know. The I actually bought that one to be fair, the one with the pinstripe pink. Uh, but oh, yeah. any, I, I just I, I'm, I'm a sucker for like the old school throwback ones like you, Matt. So if they, if they yeah. can install a bit of the heritage, a bit of a throwback or a nod to, to what's gone before, I, I, I think I well, think that's, that's a good way. Yeah, I think that's a good thing with Hummel is that that they can probably sit like take your back like a little bit of vintage, you know. Um, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with and, and the sponsor as well you know the share sponsor yeah. whoever that means. NEC yeah I'd love yeah. NEC but... that, that would, yeah <laughs> USM uh, uh, USM <laughs> USM <laughs> yeah I don't know why my, my favourite Everton kits and sponsors are probably from the worst side I've seen yeah. us have, you know, like 93 to about 1990, just before, like, the FA Cup. You know, that was probably one of the worst teams we've had recently. And I love the kits and the sponsors and everything. I think that's because when I started, first started going the game, the yeah. miracle used to take me. And I, I, I just remember everything about going down to the match. I, I didn't realise how bad we were at the time <laughs> until I watched the games back. For me, it was just great being oh, there. Exactly. And I mean, I do you know what? Another great away kit was the. Uh, do you remember the Dankard, like the blue and black, uh, the yellow and black? The, yeah, the I mean, imagine Hummel, like Hummel could come one, up with yeah. a good concept for that one. Definitely. 
No, I, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you in terms, in terms of the throwback kits. It's just something I really love. I mean, I've, I've never bought a kit other than to try and get it signed by someone since I've been an adult. So I'm more into the training gear or the hoodies and stuff now. But um, you know, it's it's good to see that to be excited by it, you know, and, and the fact that Hummel came out and said they were going to produce these bespoke training gear and all this kind of stuff. It does sound really promising, does it? Yeah. And you can go nuts on the third kit. You know, the, the, I think the home kit's like very specific what you need. Like, just blue. But when you get to the third kit, I'd say just do what you want. Just go do you, think we could do you know what, please? I, I always tend to go for the for, for either the away kit or the home kit. Uh, Sorry, the away kit or the fair kit. Um, I never, I never really buy the home kit. So I always seem to go for like the the different one. You know, you got more extravagant. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know what I'd be interested to see is what they do with the kids' kits. You know what I mean? Obviously, we've got we've got children, and um, I'd like to see what. Yeah. I love nothing more than than buying like our Toby, like the new kit and stuff like that. So it'd be incessant, yeah. I'd fear that the it'd be incessant to see what they do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's fair to say it's a, it's a resounding yes for the old Hummel, isn't it? From all three of us. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, the last part that we'll end on, uh, I'm conscious that we're getting on, but so be it. We're all missing Everton, so it's nice to talk Everton. If anyone's still listening, then good on you. We love you. Um, is uh, is your best match the best um the best match you've seen at Goodison Park? Oh, best match. Like, uh, the best moment at Goodison Park. Best, sorry, mate. Or the best game, the best occasion, whichever you, you may put it. Um, there's, there's been that many. Um, the one that stands out for me is is, is when we stayed up, but. That was pure because I ran on the pitch and I remember my dad, like, my dad and my uncles took me and my cousins and obviously, you know, it was coming to the end and, and that. And um, he said, look, listen, don't run on the pitch. Don't lose them. The mums are going mad. And as soon as the final whistle went, we just we just ran on the pitch. And um, I just remember, like, just fucking running around and it was it was insane, mate. And... and the only reason my dad found me was because I'd done a cleansman on the pitch and I fell off, I went off the side. <laughs> no, because the grass was that wet. And I went off the side yeah. and me, me da- <laughs> I slid into the paddock and my dad was like, you get here now. Um, but I remember going home with like loads of grass like in my heart and like down the kegs, everything like all the time. And that was a game that stuck in my mind and I'll never ever forget that. Um, but there's been that many. There's been like the Rooney goal against Arsenal, uh, the Dan Gausland goal, where I started in the main stand and I ended up in a family enclosure. Um, there's just <laughs> been that many, mate. I, I, I tell you one. There's, there's, there's been loads. Radinsky against Southampton when they all piles into the paddock. We were in the front row. Um, it, unbelievable, mate. It's, there's been a few. What about yourself, Matt, with the old lady? There's been a few, really. I mean, I, I tend to like the ones where we've gone in a big gang, me and all my mates, and the last time loads of us went, we all sat in the front row with the Gladys sheet when we played, I think it was Aston Villa in the quarters of the FA Cup um, a few seasons back when we beat them. That was a good day. Uh, my first game at Goodison was the 4 all draw with Liverpool. But I can't remember much about that because I was so young. But I think you know, the one time, that I, the first time that I went, I thought I love coming to Goodison with, me, with my dad. It was the last time I went with my dad when we beat West Ham. I think we beat them 3-0 in 95. And Ludek McCloskey got sent off for knocking out on a catchy. <laughs> he, he just came bearing out, completely wiped him out. And I can't remember who scored, but I think we got a pen in Unsworth, made it 2-0. I'm sure we won 3-0. And it was a night game, and I just remember thinking, "This is brilliant." Yeah. All the lights the, on. The, the same, the same games, isn't it? The same things that you just remember, isn't it? Yeah, because I I can't remember games from this season in that much detail. I think the last game I went to the season mm. was the Palace one, 
and I can't remember it in the, as much detail as I remember that one from '95. It's mad. Weird. I think as a kid you remember every every last detail of, of games sometimes, don't you? I reckon the away sometimes you you reckon you know you, you remember them as well, but um, so if you were to say with one mass, which gone just, just I'd, I'd say that West Ham game then because I went with with our Ben and my dad. And it was a good day. We won 3 0, and I absolutely hate West Ham. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're the team I hate the most. More than gang. <laughs> I just can't bear them. I'm, so. I'm going to totally change it up here, as I, as I always like to be controversial. Um, I've gone with the, uh, the Andy Johnson 3 0. You know what, we're saying? Um, I had to work that day. I was working on the Saturday, I couldn't go. Yeah. Obviously, that was a cracker for. But I remember working with my uncle, and he was a red, and I, and uh, he was fuming, and it was great. <laughs> um, I've gone with the uh, the Kiev game because I just thought oh, yeah. that's that season, um, and and I know that uh, there was been an interview talking to Luke Garbutt recently about that. He just felt like he said that. The Everton team felt like they were going to win that that season uh, when they when the Europa League, um, and it, there was that kind of it. Just felt like every team we were playing, we were just, we were just battering them. And that Kiev game was kind of they went ahead, didn't they, straight away? Uh, yeah. Obviously, we've been linked with that Yarmolenko, that bloody weird person on Twitter that sounds football Ukraine. Be obviously being trolling all the Everton fans uh, saying that we were getting Yarmolenko. Um, the Arbolenko deal never happened, but obviously seeing him up close there playing, and obviously Dragovic was at centre half. Mitch, remember how big he was yeah, in the paddock? Yeah. Big fella. Obviously went on loan to, to Leicester as well, but obviously we went behind there, and and, and Naismith as he does scores the important goals and Lukaku, um, and, and and we win 2-1 and I just thought, fucking hell, we've got a chance here. Obviously we have had the away goal, but we came back into it and I, after the Wolves spare game. I just thought. It was a really special atmosphere. We thought we were onto something yeah, special. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, these we, aren't necessarily like, you know, big moments that go to some ego. These are just our, pers- like, you know, personal preferential moments, aren't they? You know what I mean? That you'd say. Um, there's been that many, mate. I always remember Phil Neville's tackle on Ronaldo right in front of us in the paddock. And he kicked out of that, he kicked yeah. out of that season. Because we, we were shite right up until that point. And for whatever reason, he just, <laughs> he proffered it when Aldo, right in front of us, right in front of us. Don't forget, he was a man, he's a, he's a United fella. And he was like, fuck that, I'm, I'm with Everton now. And he just hit him, hit their superstar. And we we got the draw and we kicked, kicked on a little bit from then. I think we got to Wembley that season as well. And, that, and I always remember that moment as well. You know, the certain moment you just remember. Obviously, obviously you, can talk, you can talk about derbies, you know, Lee Carsley derby, you know. Um, you can talk about Ferguson against United twice, and stuff like that. But just certain little quirky games that, that it's just off the radar a little bit. And it's stuff like that. I just think it's great. I don't don't be uh, giving the early Carsley derby too much coverage. Obviously, Chris Kirkland's coming yeah. on on Sunday on the Bobblecast, so we don't want to give we don't want to give <laughs> but, him too much stick. You know as well, mate. Right? You know as well, mate. I mean, when when we done the Keen banner, you know, going on a pitch that was great. Um, going to the Bellevue fight, unbelievable. You know, yeah, stuff, yeah, stuff like yeah. that is just it's going to be a sad day, man. When when we do go. You, you know what you, you should say that about about the um, the Bellew fight as well. I don't know that I don't agree with what Bellew said um, for a lot of reasons. I certainly wouldn't go driving to a castle to test my eyesight, and I don't think it's all right. Um, but you know, moving on from that, or moving back from that, is when when he had that great victory in parking. I brought me um, my fiance to that, and and she she mm. ate a box, and she kind of just along because she wanted to do something. Um, with me as such, and um, all of a sudden she can't, she she watches boxing all the time. That captured her, that 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 moment of him getting back up and winning the title, and it was like something off a Rocky Rocky film that ultimately ended up being. That, anyway, that was his, that, w- that yeah. was his, his like his moments, you know. He, 
there's not any people that can say, well, in fact, there's nobody who can say they've ever done that. He's the only one who can say he's done that. Yeah. I remember being in the Gladys Street and just hearing Tony, 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 tell you. And I just, I, I was bouncing. The whole, the Gladys Street was bouncing. Shannon Briggs was, was in the upper Gladys Street. You could hear him. Let's go, champ. Um, it was just, it was insane. Like, that was an unbelievable night that really was. I don't forget, don't forget as well, Mitch, we, we, I mean, we, when we used to be playing football and winning, winning titles yeah. and cups, um, uh, we, we bumped into him, didn't we, in Palm Sugar, and, and I think it was Ever- Everton's Christmas too then. It was back with the Moyes days where Tony Bellew was probably fair to say a pretty average fighter back the then time, as well. At the time he was, uh, yeah. Make- at the time, I think he'd just been beat cleverly. Um, and people were writing him off, but we never, we never ripped him off. And I think Fellaini, you know, we spoke to Fellaini and Neville and all that. We bumped into them on Palm Sugar, didn't we? And, um, that and Gibson, was, was that the, like, the I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not new there, then. I think Dynamo, was that the Dynamo <laughs> when we bumped into Dynamo as well? But Fellaini we, was there. But don't, what I was, where I was going with that is uh, Tony Bellew just pulled us all the Yeah, he was just, he was just like, seen a group of Everton, seen a group of lads and he was just, he was dead cool. He was dead yeah, cool. I, was I, I remember I got tickets and I went with my ex um, to, to watch him in, in Liverpool. It was an evening with Tony Bellew and I remember going for a burst <laughs> and, then, and then like coming out and as I'm, as I'm coming out of the toilet, he's walking in and I went, I went, all right, Tony. I said, let me just wash my hands and uh, you know, shake your hands. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I showed him that picture in Palm Sugar. And he was like, oh, yeah. I know why that. And I said, can I get another one? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem, mate. And I think that day we just been beat by Swansea 1-0 away. It was like a shit game towards the end of the season. I said that was shite that today, wasn't he? He went, oh, no, mate, no. Um, and you know what? He was such a nice fella. He was, he was, he was such a nice fella. Um, yeah, and that, that night, yeah. that was a great night. I, feel- I must admit, it was, it was, uh, it was that good life. I like to say he was he bought not a you know he's an ass for the bevy he just walks around the bevy he's yeah, in for the yeah, lads yeah. he as well so yeah um, so I just I just hope it obviously as we know we're massive massively left leaning um, and it's been a fucking disaster and I think it was a bit of a fuck hopefully we can all move on from it now from um, from um, Anything more to add before we finish? Yeah, no, mate. I, I enjoyed that. Must have missed. No. To you, Matt. Um, no, I'm all right. I've, I've uh, enjoyed the my little contribution <laughs> I made. Uh, <laughs> um, Try to be funny in parts, but hopefully didn't fall too flat. <laughs> nice. Uh, thanks, anyone who's still listening. I know it's been a long one. Um, and we're going to leave you with a different tune today. Uh, hopefully, if I can get it added on, which is one of Carl Butler-Wynn's uh, top tips, uh, our main man up front, which was uh, Starry, uh, Starry Night by <laughs> DJ Peggy Goo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>